Before we get into it, I need to remind you that I have got a Patreon. If you don't know what that is, it's where people can support their favorite content creators. And it's where I can basically create premium and behind the scenes content to help traders profit more on their football index journeys and basically help them become better traders. If you go over to patreon.com forward slash FI guide, that's patreon.com forward slash FI guide, you can basically check out the four different tiers on offer. Three pounds basically gets you the early access to the podcast and also five minutes extra on every Sunday figcast out there. The five pound offer gets you a monthly blog post and a monthly podcast from myself private to those patrons only the eight pound tier gets you access to the fig discord which is a place where some of the best traders on the platform hang out and chat and uh, it's it's really awesome really enjoy it in there and the 12 pound tier gets you access to fig webinars which is where all the juicy stuff is that is where people guests or myself come and do a webinar every month for you know 45 50 60 minutes and last month's was by fi sigmund on the psychology of football index which i really really enjoyed and i'll definitely be putting out some snippets of that on youtube and such so do go check out the patreon patreon.com forward slash fi guide here's the legal stuff from football index fi is a gambling product available to customers in certain territories aged 18 or over the content of this podcast has not been approved by football index but they do listen to the show to keep me on my toes please remember to only gamble what you can afford to lose be gambleaware.org and when the fun stops stop Hello and welcome back to the Football Index Podcast, episode 162. Last week had a great show with FI Charlie, who was a Cedars investor and also trader on Football Index since 2016. We had a really, really great chat. And last Thursday, me and Panda reacted to the depth implementation and it was a really, really great show. I think it was actually the funniest show we've done. Um, and a lot of people have actually given us feedback that it might have just been us that found it funny and maybe not you, but go <laughs> give it a try anyway. Uh, you heard a little chuckle in the background. I'm obviously not around today. Another debutant. Um, I'm joined by FI Club. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm doing good. Thank you. Yourself? Not too bad. Not too bad. As well as you can be doing with the market in this current state with lockdown, etc. Um, <laughs> um, why don't you tell the listeners a bit more about yourself and a bit more about your FI journey for those that don't already know who you are? Yeah, of course. So I started off back in February 2017 and it was actually just through seeing an ad on Facebook. So I put in £10 to get things started, bought some Jermaine Defoe, some Alvaro Negredo and some other absolute shockers and uh, even after doing that I kind of enjoyed the platform and I think I made a bit of money on a few of those first players and um, and then I kind of just became more and more confident in it over time so I sort of played in and out for about a year or so and then I started to take things a bit more seriously sort of around the start of 2018 and really started to engage in things and then it was October 2018 there was all kinds of bonuses going on and you know I put in a fair amount more and started to do really well and my portfolio was just flying up an incredible amount and uh, I couldn't really believe what was going on because I was only probably about 19 or 20 at the time and I was making more money than I think I had in my job at the time and obviously I didn't gamble more than I could afford um, because I was just being quite conservative so I only had about probably a thousand pounds in but it was just flying up and uh and then i went off to dublin for the october trader meetup um over in dublin because i won some competition on twitter so that (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was a really weird competition as well so basically i had to like record a selfie video of myself saying why i love football index it was probably the most cringy thing i've ever done but it was worth it to fly me out to dublin and uh and then that was when my confidence really sort of soared because i started to talk to some of these traders who had massive portfolios who were making unbelievable amounts of money and kind of ever since october 2018 and that meetup i've just become more and more engaged side like a, a facebook group which has got a fairly big following um about three and a half thousand members on there i've got like the football index club website the daily podcast and 
Twitter now as well. So, um, yeah, just really engaging in it and just kind of generally I've been loving Football Index. Like the last two or three years have been amazing. The last six months or so, obviously <laughs> obviously not. Today has been unbelievable with the drops. But uh, yeah, that, that's about me, really. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're chuckling, but it has been a very tough six months of transition for the platform and for traders alike. I mean, how have you found... Yeah, let me dig into that. The last six months, how have you found that overall? Um, frustrating is probably the main word to sum it up because I feel like I've been waiting for things to improve and I've just been waiting and waiting. And we were obviously sold this promise that liquidity would come in. We'd have the NASDAQ. Um, obviously, the NASDAQ's not really going to change the market that much but you know it was a nice improvement and i think market makers are actually tied to the nasdaq but i might talk about that later in the pod um but yeah the last six months have just been incredibly frustrating because you just see your portfolio drop and drop and drop and i think during the you know the pandemic it really doesn't make things any better because we're currently in a lockdown people are sat at home and football index is something which could have provided an enormous amount of joy and a bit of relief from maybe not being able to socialize as much as you previously could but it's just not doing so it's just kind of making you even more frustrated well i, I talk for myself anyway i'm uh, certainly very frustrated and it's just quite upsetting um but don't get me wrong my sort of belief in football index as a whole my belief in the prices and more importantly the value of players right now has never been stronger you know i think in a few seasons time or hopefully sooner these prices will rebound and get closer to their proper values because what we're seeing right now we've just got the best value on offer but i'm just finding it personally quite annoying because i don't have much more money that I would like to put into football index right now. You know, I've, I've got to have money left for other things. Um, so there's not really too much I can do about it. Um, and I feel like it's been a bit outside of our control because we've been betting on announcements and we're just lacking the fun as well. Football index, the great thing about it was that it did just provide so much fun and you look forward to seeing your portfolio very, very often, even if that is a little bit of a drop, you know, that's okay. But it's just been relentless. You know, these last few months have just been relentless drop after drop after drop. And I think a lot of people are just kind of getting sick of it now and want out. Um, so, yeah, not, not the best six months, uh, unfortunately. Not the best six months at all. And I mean, we're going to get into more recent changes in a minute. But before we move on, I need to plug the State of Play podcast. This is my other podcast all about football and the top five leagues with the football returning. Go check that out. State of Play pod on Twitter, Instagram and all that jazz. And then State of Play podcast on all your favorite podcast providers. And always also want to remind people that this week is Safer Gambling Week here in the UK. Head over to safergamblinguk.org forward slash SGW to learn more about that. And uh, as always, with the messaging at the beginning of podcasts, only bet what you can afford to lose. Um, we've got a uh, you know miscellaneous question here from Matt Dix. Uh, what are you dreading more, Tony Pulis as manager or looking at your football index profit? <laughs> um, to be honest, both. Uh, you know, I don't want to be watching Wednesday at the moment under Pulis, and I don't want to be looking at my portfolio much either. So. Both are quite depressing, really. Um, and I think we need both. I, I feel, I, in fact, I think both have kind of hit the hit the bottom. You know, Wednesday are currently 23rd in the championship. I'm a big fan, so that's why Matt's asked. He's a, he's a member of my website and uh, the Discord as well. Um, but yeah, I feel like for both Wednesday and Football Index, things can't really get too much worse. So I'm kind of optimistic about both, um, and I'm I'm kind of I'm not, I'm not really dreading like looking at Sheffield Wednesday under Pulis or looking at my portfolio. Um, I'm I'm, not, I'm optimistic that you know things are going to get better for both. Uh, but yeah, I, I love that question from Matt. It was a it was a good one. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, football has almost not become redundant as part of FI at the moment, but. You get excited, but then after the games finish and drops happen, it's um, this cycle is is really hampering the enjoyment that people are finding from football on through the app, isn't it? Yeah, and one great example of that is the other night. So Spain are playing Germany, and you have a twenty-year-old Ferran Torres score a hat trick. His price remained stagnant throughout that game. I think it stayed the same the next day as well. And he had an instant sell price that was, I think, around a third of what it was 
about six months um, prior to that game and prior to him actually moving to Manchester City, settling in okay there, starting to get a few goals. And that's just like one example. You know, you could sort of talk about any player, but it's just quite frustrating when you actually see a player have an unbelievable game, scoring a hat-trick against Germany. He's only 20 years old and he has an instant sell price there of £1.18 it was. Um, and his price like just didn't move even after that. And I think that kind of summed up the problem with Football Index. Like even when a player does have a great game, and yeah, he's not earned uh, dividends because it was a Nations League game, still in the past you'd have unbelievable rises and it would be fun to watch that. Um, and you could get excited about your players playing in the Nations League or non-PB league games and cup matches you know you'd get excited about those games because if your player performs well people will buy into them just due to the speculation of them maybe having a better chance of earning dividends in the future and making a new judgment on that player um, but we just don't see that anymore you know I think risers nowadays are almost completely tied into dividends and it's a lot more reactionary than speculative um, and that just takes a, an awful lot of fun out of, out of the platform unfortunately hmm Mm. Yeah, it, it's the unfortunate truth and the unfortunate nature of the current um, climate of the platform. Um, but I mean, we will get into why we are bullish still long-term and mid-term uh, in, in a bit. But um, before we get into that, I need to remind you folks that this podcast is sponsored by the good folks over at index gain if you guys head over to indexgain.co.uk and use the code fig2020 you get five quid off your first month or a month free with your six-month membership and five quid off. And if you go for their quarterly package, you get five quid off as well. So it's eighteen ninety nine for your first three months. So head over to indexgain.co.uk if you guys are interested in checking them out. So let's talk about what happened uh, yesterday, FIC. Um, what were you expecting to happen on the day that depth was implemented? How were you preparing for it? Um and um, yeah, overall thoughts of what you thought was actually going to happen. Yeah, another great question. And to be honest, I was sort of looking forward to it at first, um, but I wasn't sure what would happen. And the reason I wasn't sure was just because we did see quite a lot of drops in the lead up to it. So I thought, well, if people are anticipating, um, you know, drops to happen, for drops to go on even further, then maybe that won't actually happen because players had already dropped quite a lot, um, if you know what I mean. So then... I wasn't entirely sure what would happen. Um, you wake up and you're quite excited for things. Football Index go live at 9am and it actually sort of worked at first. I think it took, well, I don't know, it, it didn't really work. It took me like a couple of minutes to get on the app, but it actually went live at 9, which was which was good and kind of made a change. Um, but then... I, it was buggy though, wasn't it? it? It was buggy at first, to be honest. I'm trying to give Football Index some credit, but I'm, I'm struggling. Yeah, you're right, it, it was buggy. And... Uh, but it worked after a little while and then players shoot up in price and you know you're buzzing after five ten minutes you're thinking ah maybe this is what we needed then this change in the mechanism is going to sort things out you think that for maybe a couple of minutes some optimism maybe returns to a few traders and then you know a few hours go by and drops um were just everywhere and players prices sort of dropped quite quite quickly really so Overall, I was actually very pleased with the, the changes by Football Index, and I think it's made the platform look a lot more slick. How I described it in last night's podcast was it's like you've walked into a new, brand new apartment. You've got like all the goods that you need. You've got like a beautiful view and everything's sort of looking really nice. You've got maybe like nice spotlights on the ceiling, a nice fancy bathroom, all of that. And it's all looking quite slick, but then there's actually no real furniture it's like it's all well and good but there's no real substance to it it's not actually going to change things because you can't actually live in that flat you can't actually a lot of people aren't really going to want to trade in these prices at the moment because they just are so low so it's got potential um and i think it will be so much better once we have liquidity but for now it's not really the change that was needed right now mm. anyway yeah i think FI had two paths to go down, right? They either removed some of the stabilizers that we had and added depth, or they changed the mechanics and kept it how it was until prices went back up and then added depth. They've obviously chosen to go through the former for whatever reason. Um, and we can only tell in time whether or not that would be the right 
way to do it. But based off the last, what, 20, 20, 30 hours, 24, 30 hours, um, it probably doesn't look like the best decision. Yeah, maybe not. Uh, what do you reckon to the to the depth that we have, like with the five layers as well? I would have liked to see further depth as well, but um, I guess we knew that there would just be five after Football Index's announcement last week, I guess. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a starting point and I think there'll be more. I think I tweeted today about like aggregation and how it doesn't actually matter how many rungs we have. It's how far we can kind of filter the prices so at the moment we have kind of by default penny increments right um but sometimes there isn't bids to fill every single penny so we have like different uh types of bids but if you could aggregate all those bids into 5p 10p 20p 50p or whatever you could see like a fuller range of the depth which i think would be really useful which i think is something that it should go down so whether it's 5 10 15 not too fast i think you add the aggregation and then eventually in my eyes anyway i see like a this idea of the fi pro and the fi premium uh not premium fi pro and fi basic uh with the pro version showing the full book with greater aggregation and more rungs of depth like a product proper trading view that we see on a proper exchange um and then also uh, having the fi basic which would maybe not show depth and it just shows the buy and sell price because uh, maybe the average person or the average gambler who doesn't want to know about all this stuff and didn't sign up for fi to see you know depth and stuff maybe they can they can see that in in that form as well yeah that's a really interesting point and i think you can kind of build on that point about having two different kind of types of traders at the moment because that's what i think is one of the core problems and i think football index have targeted um the type of they've tried to make the platform into something which caters for a certain audience but football index's current user base isn't that audience um, and I think that's one of the biggest issues right now. And they probably did not anticipate for these drops to go on so much. And that's probably why they've been hesitant and reluctant to actually come in and provide the liquidity. Um, so, yeah, I wonder if there is sort of options for Football Index to try and actually cater for both those two audiences in the future. Um, and that idea that you just suggested then would be like one example of them actually doing that. Mm. And I mean, where do we go from here? You know, we've we've added the depth. Where do you see the next kind of steps within the kind of issues that we've kind of discussed just now? Yeah, so ultimately it all just ties into liquidity. Um, I'm really sick of sick of the L word now. I just honestly, <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever said like one word so often in in one week, and it's just liquidity is like I'm just dreaming about liquidity that's the soul that's on my mind and uh but yeah that, that's what it's all about really at the moment and that's the main sort of issue I think um because I think what we have is an oversupply of shares so there's the supply overall just is massively outweighing the demand and that's causing all kinds of problems and there's this downward pressure because so many people want to get out of football index right now I know a lot of people have had the opportunity over the last eight or nine months but there's still a lot of people who do want to get out and you know i see it on the facebook group people have been messaging me you know i've got they're saying i've got 10 grand in football index it's dropped three or four grand but i can't get out blah 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 and they don't really fully understand the dividend yields on offer and how the prices are actually better than they once were so all of those sort of um points that you could make about the value is irrelevant to a large amount of traders who are used to having their portfolio just go up and things being quite simple. So basically, this massive transition to order books is just a little bit overwhelming for some football index traders and they want out and that's fair enough. You know, there's, there's no problem at all with that. But I think for those traders to get out and for us to start trading at reasonable prices again, I think football index kind of need to fill that gap and provide liquidity and they've promised that they would. So until they do that, I can't really see the you know the price is going back to anywhere near what they once were um i'm not asking for sancho to be 15 pounds again I'm, I'm not bothered about like my portfolio suddenly spiking over overnight or anything like that i just think we need football index to provide a bit more liquidity help us out here a lot of people have continued to buy into players buy into the drops over the last few months because they thought nasdaq would be on its way and most importantly we'd have the market makers probably tying into that and then liquidity but we've not had that so 
the only answer for me in terms of where we go from here is that football index needs to come in and find a way of actually providing that liquidity, whether that's through an instant sell function again temporarily or how they do it is probably the bigger one of the biggest questions to ask at the moment because I think that's what they seem to be struggling struggling with as well. Yeah, I, I think the oversupply thing has been talked about a lot. Um, I, I don't think it's fundamentally the issue here. I mean, if you look at the depth, you can see that players that people would see to having quote unquote oversupply um, potentially having more bids. Would you agree? Would you agree with that? Um, uh, I, I kind of don't understand the notion that, like, I think I've discussed it quite a lot now. Is um, I think this has come from either the notion that people think that they have to get out of a player uh, when they refresh after three years, or they have to get out of a player when they retire, um, and it's kind of the sudden realization that we are buying players that are trending to zero as soon as we buy them. It's just what equation we win by or lose by before it gets to zero. So you either have a situation where your buy price is lower than your sell price. That's one way of winning. You either have a situation where your buy price, uh, uh, your sell price, take away your buy price plus dividends is the money you've made. Um, or you have a situation where the dividends completely outweigh the buy price, which is where you'd be holding to zero. So I think people are misunderstanding the kind of oversupply thing. I think people are under, over, also misunderstanding that a market maker doesn't come in and and increase demand necessarily. Um, they trade the spreads. So if oversupply was an issue, which I don't think it is, market makers coming in wouldn't change that in any way, shape or form. And I think from what we've seen with the depth on offer, um, the players with more bids are the ones that might actually probably have most shares in circulation, which would be counterintuitive to the argument that, you know, oversupply is the main issue as to, as to what's going on, which I think, you know, I've spoken to enough people and uh, I just, I don't really see it as that being the issue, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's really interesting points there, actually. Um, I think maybe I might have worded it wrong, but what I'm trying to get at is I think there's more supply than demand. Otherwise, how would the price is so low right now? Or am I wrong in that? Well, I mean, the reason being, I suppose, is that um, when you have bids on offer, um, that is providing demand, right? Um, but when the, I guess, the offer price can be dictated so loosely, um, the sell side always has more weight regardless of supply right so right now if i'm looking at sancho's uh buy and sell price on screen 593 um in the depth uh, f- uh, for f- uh 598 and 650 um if i was on the offer side there and i just brought that all the way down to uh let's say i had 900 shares to sell or 300 shares to sell i bring that down to 610 suddenly you're in a situation where it's 598 versus 610 and it's all about who blinks first and at the moment it's always the bidders that are blinking first because they're taking their bids out and removing them down below. Um, so that's the issue that we're seeing cur- currently. It's not to do with the oversupply of shares. It's to do with the weight that sellers have in the current market dynamics and the mechanics that have been provided. And now to, to, to move on to that point about the mechanics, right? Um, we're in a situation now where I think, as I mentioned before, FI had two they had two paths to choose down, right? They either went and changed those mechanics to make it more of an equilibrium between buyers and sellers so that prices had more upward pressure and less downward pressure, or they removed the stabilizers, they removed the bid floor and try and find, like, I guess its own equilibrium naturally. Um, Now, it seems like they've gone down the latter. As I mentioned, it probably looks like a bad decision, um, based on the kind of pricing that we're seeing. But I guess the issue is, like, once you have depth, you can't really change any of those mechanisms to some, some extent. Um, we've seen it with the um, with the average portfolio valuation. No one's paying attention to that when, in actual fact, you're seeing the, the depth on screen. Um, I've been a, uh, a pusher of um, having the VWAP as a percentage of shares. But, like, that doesn't make a difference now that we have uh, depth. So we're kind of... Um, between a rock and a hard place now where we still have this situation where sellers have most power but now that depth is in our faces and we have it as a function 
the only thing that solves that really is uh, bids being marched up. Yeah, well, one one idea that Martin O'Regan had, I think you've had him on your podcast before as yeah, well. Yeah, great guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I play for his football team now as well, which is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. It's completely, where, where do you play? It's uh, Trafford United, so uh, oh, yeah. Oh, nice, okay. Uh, up the Trafford. But uh, yeah, we um, uh, that was literally all through Football Index in one way or another. But anyway, one idea that he's been saying lately, and this would maybe, maybe lead to more sort of demand and more bids, is to have the option to make multiple bids on players and then it's, uh, you know, you only get actually matched and your other bids sort of cancelled once the bids are actually matched. Is that a possibility? Yeah, I mean, I just don't know how much that type of... uh that type of thing would actually increase the liquidity that we're seeing. Um, it, well, more so on the bid side, right? Because that's, I guess, what the important side of things is right now. Um, needing the bid side to have a firmer floor and to be marched up. Um, it, it probably would increase it to a little bit. But the issue is, I suppose, if I have 100 quid and I can uh, bid on 300 different players, once one of those bids gets uh, accepted, you suddenly lose that liquidity at the click of a finger on 300 players um and now i suppose uh by uh you know in a numbers game if a thousand people are doing that and they're bidding on 300 different players then different bids are going to be accepted at different times and i think generally it's not a bad idea i just don't think it solves it to the full extent that we need um it's uh it's 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 something that i think could be added um but i don't think it would solve the current issues that we're seeing if that makes sense yeah absolutely um i think it would help a little bit but i don't think it'd solve things completely the other thing which i think would be good is to have the ability to bid on players that you also have um offers in for so yeah that, that that needs to come in in my opinion and i think that is something that they're probably looking at bringing in i just don't know when I think they are like that's something that's been that's been said by them right like yeah. um it's uh it's it's one of those things that um they have said that that might come forward uh, when that comes I don't know but let's let's see I guess but um wh- wh- one of the things I have found quite interesting I don't know club um you know <laughs> what what are your notions of a lot of people talking about like these are the prices now and like this is what we trade, we should be trading what's in front of us. Um, that's something I fundamentally disagree with because it kind of like goes against the business model that F5 set up. But I want to kind of uh, pick your brains about probably some of the conversations that you might be having with uh, traders, people part of uh, Football Index Club. Like what, what's your idea of this notion? Yeah, I'm not a big fan either. And there's a number of reasons why I'm not a fan. I think, first of all, there's still so many players that actually don't have instant sell prices. So even though it is a lot easier for players to have instant sell prices now due to that recent change in the mechanism, there's still plenty of players that don't have instant sell prices. And I just don't think that's on at all. And then the other thing is, if you've bought into a player and you think that they're very good value at a certain price, I just think it's quite psychologically challenging to then sell them at like 25% or 50% or whatever it is of the price that you bought them at. So maybe you should just trade and trade with what's in front of you but you know there's a lot of psychology behind this really and i think it is emotionally difficult to sell that player at a loss even if that means buying another player i think the right thing to do is to do that though you know i think if you've got one player whose price has only dropped 10 percent and you have another player whose price has dropped 50% and you valued the same and their circumstances haven't changed, then yeah, you, you sell the one who's dropped only 10% and buy the one who's dropped 50%. I think you kind of have to do that, but it's, it's difficult. Um, and I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, but yeah, I mean, the prices that we're seeing today are just absolutely crazy. Like there's so many now who will return their full price in dividends over just the three years and as your recent video on youtube which i watched yesterday and was very good by the way um yeah i mean as i explained that the career dividends are what really matter so that, that's another question that we could maybe talk about at some point is like whether they do change it to a career bet as well because soccer index posted that today on twitter and it had an amazing reception and i think that is something that they could possibly do because sports stack have done it so yeah 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 let's see let's see if they can do it or not i mean 
the reason why I keep saying these prices don't really work at this level sustainably is, you know, we've got this issue that in-play dividends are quite high in relation to the average price now. We've got all there's also this issue that a big part of FI's revenue comes from um, minting shares. Um, and also the commissions are higher, the higher the prices are. I just can't really understand how... A lot of people have kind of said to me, you know, Fig, like, what if we need to say goodbye to X price and Y price and blah, blah, blah. And again, like yourself, I'm not saying any other, any player should be their all-time high or further, but I'm saying that from a business standpoint, it's probably in their interest to get those higher because at the moment, what we've seen with, for example, the recycling of in-play dividends the other day, um, and I'm sure that will happen at certain price points throughout the market, not maybe not forever, but for a foreseeable amount of time, and those prices just won't rise. So... I do think there are a few issues with um, this kind of approach that FI have taken where they're kind of, as Panda mentioned on Thursday, they've thrown the gauntlet down. They, they, they are letting it kind of rot, I suppose, until we find this quote-unquote organic bottom or market equilibrium, which, you know, debatable whether there is one until FI kind of set a floor. Um, it's, it's strange decision-making from my point of view, but I also think it's strange that the community aren't really factoring in what is, um, I suppose, good for FI as a business uh, when they're thinking about their trades as well, as well, or their opinions, if that makes sense. Because a lot of people I've had to uh, like kind of explain this to people. It's like, oh, well, you know, they're making good money on commissions and uh, maybe these are the levels that we trade at for a little while. And I'm like, well, maybe, but like, what about this, this, and this? Uh, where this, this, and this respectively are, you know, the employer dividend levels, the um, the commissions that they get higher prices, the mint, the shares that they mint. And um, again, we don't have full transparency on their issuance curve, for example. But I think all of these factors remain me to, to believe that at some point, FI will try to push these prices higher. It's in their interest to. Yeah, definitely. Um, as you just said, like they're going to be making a lot more commission when the prices are a lot higher. And I think it's a really good point that you've kind of brought up that we need to be thinking about what's in football index's best interests. Um, but just kind of tying it back into traders um, and, and from our interest, it, and actually, no, it, this kind of does relate to football index's best interests. The other thing is, how are they going to get that many more users and these big high net worth individuals like they seem to be aiming the products up sort of for, for the future how, how are they really going to attract those kind of traders and also to attract people to put more money in than they already have because i think a lot of growth in the past has just been organic like people like myself starting off with 10 pounds or 100 pounds or whatever it may be and then growing up their portfolio significantly how are they really going to get like growth again with the market that we're seeing at the moment because there's just a complete lack of confidence and there's less trust as well in football index unfortunately because they promised us so much and they've not really been delivered they've not delivered on what they promised and so they i, I just think they do need to act and make some changes um and just bring back that positive sentiment so yeah there's people talking about us waiting till it bottoms out but when is that actually going to happen and how long is it going to take for us to actually get back to some reasonable prices i just think there's an incredible amount of players right now who are just so massively underpriced that it's going to be quite difficult for people to trade in and out of these players and then as you just say football index aren't going to be making as much in commission and also you just touched on how like the yields for some in-play dividend players are so high right now i did a ton of research into the players who have eight or nine fixtures yesterday got like a spreadsheet up um, and i worked out that there was around 43 players who during that period of time where they've got eight or nine fixtures, they're going to be returning like averages of sort of 10 to actually up to around 40% in in-play dividend yields alone, um, which is just crazy within like a 30-day period. So yeah, they, they really they need to to act in, in my opinion. I don't think it is up to just traders uh, ourselves to fix this market because I think a lot of us have kind of done our part in buying into some of the drops over the last few months um, and we've been very, very patient as well. So I, I think Football Index needs to take more responsibility and and come in. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, um, it's very hard to envision an, an idea where these are the prices that we trade at for like two or three years or whatever. It doesn't, make any sustainable sense i suppose um 
We've got a question here from Rory Fitz. Uh, can you please discuss what possible reasons there could be for FI providing what appears to be absolutely zero liquidity to the market when they could be reducing dividend liability at rock bottom prices? Yeah, it's a brilliant question again. And I think this is one that I'd love to ask Football Index. I guess the main thing is that they want it to be a free market. They want prices to be determined by traders. Um, and I also don't think they expected to see such a massive decline. I think they thought that traders would maybe um, know what they're doing in, in many ways and mop up the value when prices declined, but we've not really seen that. And I think there has been a lot of people on Football Index and there is a lot of people on Football Index who don't really fully 100% understand that when the prices decline, the value increases. So obviously, like people listening to this podcast and who are really engaged in Twitter, you know, they're going to understand these fundamentals. But there's also people who don't really understand that. And they, they just want fast, immediate rises. And then they panic the moment that we see drops and the amygdala fires up and fear just sets in and they want to sell price, sell players. So I don't think Football Index anticipated the market reacting how they have. Um, and so they probably had a plan where they didn't want to come in and actually buy the shares off us. They probably are being a little bit, maybe, maybe they're being a little bit stubborn as well, but I think the circumstances are just so different now and we're like trading at complete different price levels. Like, yeah, they do need to come in and, and do exactly what Rory has said. Um, I think they have also provided some liquidity. I mean, we've had LP001, uh, I think it is. And I think that is Football Index themselves, not a third party. From what I've heard anyway, I can't be 100% sure on that. So they are providing some liquidity. I just don't think it's anywhere, anywhere near enough, really. Mm. Yeah, I just don't know if it's touched the sides, really. Um, the liquidity mm. that provide if they've uh, provided any liquidity and i kind of question how it was used when it was kind of more obvious um buying from offers and then there was some selling on bids or, or some stuff i don't really know what's going on there um i i kind of didn't really understand how lp001 or whoever that is was being used mm. yeah i'm the same i'm not entirely sure the other thing is I think it is just such a great opportunity for Football Index to buy shares right now um, for, for many reasons. And they would always have the opportunity to probably sell them back to us at a much higher price level in the future as well. So I just think it makes sense on so many levels for Football Index to come in and buy shares off traders right now. Um, but whether that will happen or not, I have no idea at this point. Yeah, I, I think it just kind of makes business sense for them to do it, but I just don't understand. There must be a reason, right, uh, FIC, why they're not doing it. <laughs> there must be a reason. There must I be mean, a reason. you talked about kind of like them finding uh, an organic point and where they don't kind of alter with the prices, but I don't know. just makes sense to me. You know, you, you, you mint Sancho at fifteen twenty. you can buy him back at, what, 590 <laughs> or whatever now? Like, seems like a decent bit of business there. From there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's unbelievable business. Um, but maybe that is in their plans. Maybe they're just waiting for it to get even lower. And, like, it's absolute savage. It's, it's so savage if that is what they're waiting for. But at the same time, it, it could end up working out amazingly for them and i guess one of the main things is that football index's finances are sound for the future and if this means we're going to get double dividends next season then i'm all for it uh, a bit of temporary pain now and you know this platform in my opinion is going to be <laughs> in a complete different space in a few seasons time i think what we're seeing right now is a massive temporary blip as we go through a transitional period but once we're out of this and we have the full nasdaq integration the future is incredibly bright. There's no doubt about that, especially at these current um, dividend yields that we've, that we've got in front of us, really, with players' prices so low. So, yeah, maybe they are just waiting and they will buy in. Um, yeah, it'd be pretty brutal, though, to uh, let the market sort of remain so low for so long if, if that is what they're planning to do. But, yeah. I mean, you mentioned NASDAQ there, uh, FIC. What do you actually think NASDAQ is? Well, basically, it's just going to be a better interface and we'll probably have more options in terms of how we trade. Um, I, I don't think it's really going to attract that many more traders, um, but it, it could it could appeal to some big high net worth individuals. Um, 
but but yeah what, what about yourself like um is that the right answer <laughs> <laughs> well i think um i think it's more on fi to provide some of that stuff i think nasdaq is essentially if you imagine a car nasdaq is the the engine mm. um but nasdaq aren't going to provide a nice number plate or some cool rear view mirrors. Um, oh, I like or, that. That's a great, great metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> or, or new, or new rims, as the kids yeah. would say. Um, that's the kind of way I view it. That Nasdaq is simply a back-end functionality for FI. Um, they will have like white label back-end solutions that FI can plug into, um, and uh, essentially, it's a bit of a marketing ploy as well. I think. Yeah, um, to say yeah. that this thing is fueled by Nasdaq or powered by Nasdaq, whatever. Yeah, I think it does provide some more legitimacy to football index as well, because that's always been a question in the past of a lot of people. It's just how legitimate football index is, and I think with it being powered by Nasdaq, that kind of answers that question alone. It also does show football index's intentions for like the future in general, because it's probably a big money partnership, and they've probably had to pay a lot um, and it's something which makes Football Index stand out compared to any other competitors because you know the, the other sort of companies that have been coming up over the last few months I, I can't see them having any chance of getting Nasdaq technology to be honest mm. I mean maybe they don't need it though that's that's yeah. the thing I yeah. think with with Nasdaq you see um, I guess that the only front end thing that we'll see is uh the ipo process Mm. i guess um that's probably the only thing that we will see that would be visibly probably molded and and created side by side between nasdaq and fi from from kind of what i'm reading it from the outside in um apart from that i think it's going to be back-end stuff so that we don't have uh buggy apps when there are updates yeah to be fair i'm probably waiting um the impact of nasdaq a bit a bit too high um but i think one of my questions to like football index is why did they promise it us so early and i think it's just that distrust which is more of a frustration about the lack of nasdaq coming in rather than nasdaq actually coming in it's just that you know they promised us something and they didn't deliver it um and it's sort of the same with liquidity in many ways mm. yeah i mean um it's no one's fault for trading based on assurances or communications that were made by the company and you know, we thought Nasdaq full in Nasdaq integration would be here by September. That's not the case because obviously the 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 app bugged <laughs> yeah. for about five minutes before we could actually trade um, yesterday. So yeah, we'll see where that is and and where we are at some point in the near future. Uh, before we move on, I need to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by the Athletic. Today's episode is brought to you by them. The Athletic is a subscription based sports news site delivering in depth sports coverage featuring football reporters you know and love like David Ornstein, James Pierce, Sam Lee, and Rafa Honigstein. The Athletic is telling stories you won't find anywhere else. No ads or clickbait, just great sports writing. For 50% off your annual subscription to the best sports writing around, go to theathletic.co.uk slash fig. It's £2.49 a month. If you go for their annual deal, you... Sorry, I'll do that again. It's £2.49 a month if you go for their annual deal, which I think is a pretty good bargain. Um, FIC, have you bought anything recently for less than £2.49? Probably just some shares in Ferrin Towers to be honest <laughs> um, sorry that's the most football index answer I couldn't provide anything like more humorous but yeah £1.18 shares in Ferrin Towers the other night so I, I was buzzing about that um, so yeah I, I had a few a few in him um, and I guess that's it's, it's a very low price so yeah it's good stuff I, I've used the Athletic before and it's uh, it's a great it's a great platform to be fair and it's a very good uh, good price as well Mm. Um, moving on to the next question here from FI back Chris uh, great guest have you found it hard or exciting to adapt from an expert in the sub £2 under 24 market before order books and the dividend increase to now analysing value in all age and price ranges so I suppose the next questions are going to be a bit adjacent to what we've just talked about and more about uh, strategy and, and so on and so forth yeah another great question and it's been so interesting on like football index over the last 12 months for myself because I kind of went from having this background where I'd literally find players and it was all about sort of scouting and research and analysis, watching players and that's where I kind of made most of my money from that sort of sub two pound under 24 market where I was finding a few gems here and there. 
you can't really do that at the moment, as I've said, with sort of trading announcements and trading the success of Football Index at the moment. Um, so yeah, the transition's been been interesting. I think because the dividends have increased so much, there's less focus on immediate capital appreciation. Um, I mean, obviously, capital appreciation and dividends are completely interlinked, but I think there's more weight on the, the, there's more value to the players now with the dividends being so high that you have less speculative bets based on um, just pure capital appreciation. I also think like the removal of instant sell completely ties into this as well because once they removed instant sell, there wasn't really much point in buying into like a 50p 20-year-old who gets half a game in the Portuguese league or wherever it may be um, and you may as well just actually buy into the players who are going to earn dividends and are going to remain pretty liquid really uh, because they're, they're earning dividends fairly regularly um, so yeah I think overall like I focus a lot more on sort of just general long-term value my spreadsheets nowadays won't be looking at what young what young players are, are up to in random non-PB leagues and it'll be a lot more just about the dividend yields and just focusing really on which players I think are best value based on the yields and then I generally do aim for younger players as well because I really do overall I believe like uh, in career dividends and I always think well what price is this player going to be in like three years time and I know maybe you should focus it even longer term but I think it's harder to predict what's going to happen in nine years um, so yeah I'm always thinking like how much is this player going to be worth in a few seasons time and if I see a massive upside then I'm going to buy into them. Um, so I still focus on a lot of younger players, but overall it's just a, a much greater focus on the, the actual dividends and the dividend yields in the past, the predicted dividend yields, rather than maybe focusing on youth who could rise 20-30% because they get a move to a PB league or, or anything like that. Mm. I've got a question here from the Fig Discord, uh, FI underscore T69. Could FI reward current users with with <laughs> with unlimited bets and then when the product is completed set the three-year bet this could be if real value uh, this could be of real value to help soften the current blow does that make sense so we mentioned career bets earlier i think the, the video that i put out kind of tried to make uh, people understand that this is a career bet to some extent but would it be very powerful if fi came out and said well the three-year rule is now scrapped yeah i think it would be it would be massive for existing users and I think it would really benefit everyone who's generally, uh, genuinely very, very confident in the long-term prospects of Football Index. What I would say is I think it would sort of help out those who already believe in FI a huge amount. So I imagine most people who want the career dividends are looking to stay around for the next few seasons anyway. So they're probably not the traders that are selling your Sancho's at £6 right now because they know that in a few seasons' time, Sancho is going to be worth a lot more, whether it's a career bet or a three-year bet. Um, but yeah, I think it's a very interesting idea. And uh, overall, I'd definitely be in favour of Football Index changing um, the, the the bet to be, being the player's career, um, if they are able to anyway. The, the main thing is, though, it's just kind of removing that commission that you'd have to pay in three years. I think it simplifies the product a little bit as well. Um, so yeah, definitely be massively in favour of it. But it is worth pointing out that that commission isn't actually going to be that much over their career. It's it's a decent amount, but you know it's not going to make the biggest difference in in the world, is it? Mm, no, I don't think so. I mean, it's you know on some players you might only have to refresh three or four times max, and that's if they're very young. So um, yeah, it's. Uh, it's it's interesting to think about. We've got a question here from FI Stratius from the Fig Discord as well. Is there anything those on social platforms and the FI community can do to help with the current negative sentiment? Do we think podcasts, Twitter accounts should keep positivity or challenge FI's decisions? I mean, this is a good question, I suppose, for someone like you, um, FIC, who has quite a big uh, you know, Facebook group, uh, a presence on Twitter, um, subscribers to your platform. Like, How have you been dealing with that side of things over the last, say, six months? Yeah, so I think we need to be in touch with reality and just acknowledge that Football Index have 
sort of made a few mistakes over the last few months, but then we also need to be very constructive. So there's no point just moaning about your portfolio dropping. We need to actually find solutions to the problems. Obviously, it shouldn't really be down to the Football Index community to find the solutions. It should be up to Football Index. But if we can find a way of actually feeding back to FI and helping them make better decisions, then that's going to be brilliant. In terms of the sentiment as well, again, I think it's okay to be negative about Football Index and Football Index as a platform, but there's a big differentiation between value and prices. So I've already spoke about this, but basically the prices right now are down a huge amount and that makes the players a lot more valuable in terms of future dividend yields, which is a brilliant thing for buyers. It's frustrating for people who have maybe bought into players already and they're just seeing their portfolio drop. Um, so overall, like I'm quite frustrated with FI, um, but I'm very, very happy with the prices. So like I'd personally love to buy into this market if I had funds available and, you know, I'm not going to gamble more than I can afford, so I'm not going to. But uh, if I did have a lot more money, then I would buy into this. So you can be very positive about the prices right now and the potential for Football Index to grow in the future over the next few years. And I think people in the community just need to kind of get that point across. Um, but in terms of Football Index as a whole and as a company, there's obviously been quite a few issues and it's okay to challenge them on Twitter. Just make sure you're being fairly constructive as well, I guess. Mm. Yeah, no, that's that's very fair. I think um, it's tough, you know. I think when you get to a certain point where you have like loads of people messaging you, which I'm sure you do, uh, you've got this subscription service, you have to be as honest, but in the most positive way that you can, I suppose, um, because it's it's. I always say it's much easier to be doom and gloom than it is to be positive in any in any scenario. Um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think when things are going badly, it's so easy to be doom and gloom and not see any of the positives or potential positives. Um, and it and it might require some creativity. You know, like we don't really know what's going to happen over the next six to nine months. Um, so this is a situation that uh, will hopefully never be repeated again when when the product is at full uh, blast. But um, for now, I think being constructive, but also you know, calling calling FI out on things that they haven't done correctly or promised to be done, I don't think is bad. Um, I think that is just highlighting something that needs to be fixed and uh, improved. And if those types of things help FI improve those things in the future, I think it's probably for the best in the future. Uh, in, uh, it's probably best for, um, for FI as a company, as a business and as a community. Yeah, definitely. And I do think like the community is one of the most essential things to football index just in in so many ways it's incredibly important because i know for a fact that i i myself wouldn't have put in as much as i have if i hadn't have built up all of this confidence as i said like earlier in the podcast at the very start my confidence really just went through the roof once i actually engaged with other football index traders at that dublin meetup like a few years ago you know having a few beers and talking to all these lads who had been on fi since like the start of 2016 and had 80 grand portfolios and seeing those seeing those uh, portfolios and chatting to these guys who had so much confidence in it really just filled me with confidence and it's the same with Twitter and Facebook if you see other people with a huge amount of confidence in football index then you're going to be more inclined to put money in yourself um, but it's it's not just about that it's about actually trusting FI and I think when you see other people trust FI and put in a fair amount of money that can evoke a sense of trust within yourself as well um, so yeah I, I just think the community is absolutely massive for Football Index's success and they really do need to just listen to us but I think they are doing that I think that's the thing that I'm most pleased about this week um, is that they are listening to traders because like I sent them an email the other day and someone got back to me and I managed to you know, I was saying that I've had all these people message me recently and that I'm creating like content every single day on Football Index and I basically like live for this platform. Like I want it to succeed pretty much as much as anyone, I imagine. And I'm sure everyone listening is in the same boat, really. Um, and yeah, I had a chat with them and they listened for, for like an hour and they were really sort of trying to take on board the ideas. Now, the question is whether they actually take action next because they can listen and sort of take on board all the things that I have to say but whether they actually act or not is the crucial thing so 
yeah, the, the community is absolutely massive. Um, it sounds to me like they are looking to sort of engage with the community more in the future, which I think is a brilliant thing. And that can provide us some hope for the future of Football Index because I just think the more that they do engage with the community, we saw like Football Index customer services lately, actually. Over the last few days, they've done a much better job on Twitter, actually engaging with people. So yeah, the more that they do that, just the better in general, because I do think we will get there in the end but I do think it's the community that sort of need to help football index which is a bit annoying and they're definitely more reactive than proactive in so many ways but if that's what we've got to do we've, we've kind of got to do it really <laughs> yeah yeah um we've got a question here from Bobby Axrod rewind a few months Messi makes his infamous announcement and the city story start what would we see on FI if that happened with today's market mechanics and sentiment Oh, that's a, that's a tricky question, that one. But yeah, I think we'd see a bit of a rise in Messi, even though there is a complete lack of positive sentiment right now. I still think he'd rise because some people are doing sort of predictive uh, valuations on Messi. And I think Martin said he'd worked out that Messi would probably return around like £14 or so in dividends over the next few seasons. Something crazy like that if he was to move to City because of all of the media. Um, I'm not sure like how accurate that valuation was, but I'm sure there was a few other traders out there sort of coming up with similar figures. Um, so yeah, I think other players would probably drop a little bit with money being shifted into Messi. Maybe it would be good to see a player actually rising and that could lead to confidence <laughs> <laughs> within like other traders. Um, it'd definitely be good for me personally just to see a player rising because it's been quite rare over the last few weeks um, and months. So overall, I think it probably would be a good thing, but maybe it could lead to more more money coming out of other players. Well, what do you reckon well, well, to this one? Well, let, let, me, let me put another question to you. Yeah. Um, Fulham Everton, 12 o'clock. Uh, tomorrow or no that's Sunday let's do let's go for Chelsea Newcastle 12.30 uh, Timo Werner scores uh, two goals and gets an assist he's on 260 PB um, as the game is up what do you think his price does? Oh, in this market does it even move there lies the question because but, but go on gun to your head what, what's he do? I, th- I think his price would move a little bit I think it'd, it'd increase a little bit at first I think what would probably happen is his price would rise and then people would cash out because they see that as an opportunity to buy other players that are really valuable at even better prices. That's what I'd be doing anyway. So, And I feel like other traders would probably do something similar. Like if I see more demand for a player right now, if, even if that is because he's you know scored a couple of goals and he looks set to earn dividends, you're going to have to sell because... The value elsewhere is genuinely incredible. And so you don't want to give up the opportunities that you can see elsewhere in the market just because someone's hit a temporary bit, bit of form. I think it's different with Messi, though, because his intrinsic value changes an incredible amount if he moves to the city. Um, so, but, but yeah, so it's a great question, to be fair. What, what do you reckon to, to those questions? Oh, I mean... The the messy thing, I think he would he would increase uh, slowly. Well, I think we'd see loads of bids come in first, um, and I think I'm more interested to see, let's say, in the hypothetical Timo Werner situation. I want to see what the bids do. Uh, that's where I'm very interested. So I would say that if I saw loads of bids flurrying in, that would be a positive for me um, in in the current sentiment of the market. Yeah, yeah, it it, it would be good. Um... Maybe that is what we need. And I think the next four months are going to be really good for Football Index, whether they do make some big changes and provide some more liquidity or or not. Because I think things are always going to be worse when we have a lack of football for a few weeks. And this international break has just been so boring. I would have loved Football Index to provide some dividends for the Nations League, but you know it's done now, so I'm not going to complain about that much more. Um, I feel like... I'm not, I'm not being as positive as I usually am in this podcast in general, but that's due to the current climate of Football Index. But yeah, I think the next four months we have just straight proper football where players can earn matchday dividends. And I think matchday dividends are generally more exciting than media dividends. So the last few weeks, we've not really seen players rise that much due to media. And whichever players do perform amazingly well over the next few months will rise still I, I do believe that I just think the next few weeks in particular due to the the new mechanism coming in and a lot of people in my opinion wanting to sell shares right now um, I still think it's going to be a, a tricky few weeks but 
gradually we probably will hit that bottom and then with football being played so frequently hopefully we do see a steady rise again um but i, I still think and i've got some hope that football next will kind of intervene over the next four months with, with something themselves as well yeah let's let's end on a positive like why are you still so bullish about football index oh there's there's so many reasons honestly there genuinely is first of all we'll start with the dividends the dividends are just what they what make up the platform and the yields right now are incredible so i go away and quite regularly look at the yields and just figure out what yields i think players are going to return and then I'll have a look over their career as well. And the yields are just unbelievable. Um, like the returns on investment are just just so good, really. There's some players as well right now, especially, that I think will just return their price in dividends over the next three seasons alone. And so you don't even need to worry about the liquidity in three seasons' time that much. And I really don't think that's a concern for me either. because I do. Yeah, I mean, I said to someone, like, if you're worried about that, like, why are you on FI? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, why, why because would that, be would, that for me, that for me would be an indication that you don't think FI are going to survive. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, like, the liquidity is not going to be a problem forever. It, it just isn't because we've got so much to look forward to. And ultimately, the yields will attract more money in the future. I just think we're in this massive downturn. And like, most drops are massively exaggerated anyway. Uh, just in any market, you know, you get to a point where prices decline and as long as the intrinsic value is there it doesn't really matter what the price is doing unless you need to sell at any given moment um so yeah i'm very confident that the liquidity issues will improve the dividends underpinning the value of players are brilliant especially right now i think football index as a whole is just an amazing concept um and it's so enjoyable it's such a great alternative to any betting platform and in the future it's going to be a real alternative asset class, as uh, Adam Cole like, likes to call it as well, I think uh, he once said. Um, oh, there's just so many reasons. I also think the community are just massive as well. And there is so many people who do love this platform. You know, you have, what, like 20,000 followers on Twitter just following you for engagement with Football Index content. You know, people want this platform to succeed. They really do, an enormous amount, and it will succeed. I've got absolutely no doubts about it. Uh, the value is there. Football Index have all these additions which are going to come in and improve the platform much, much further. The community want it to, want it to succeed. There's already a lot of money in it, really. Um, if you compare it to any other sort of platform like Football Index, there's just a vast amount more money in FI already. So the foundations are in place. And Football Index is sort of, in my opinion, one of the reasons why Football Index have sort of ignored the market and traders so much over the last few weeks and months as well could possibly be because they just see the future of this platform so big that some temporary drops right now aren't even in their concerns as much as it is for traders. And that's horrible to say, but it's actually kind of a good thing because I just think in a couple of years' time, this platform will be in a complete different space. It will just be so much better than it is right now. This almost sounds like a bit of a plea to get people like buying or whatever. It's not even that. This is just genuinely how I feel about FI's prospects. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you must feel the same, surely. Yeah, I mean, I'm very bullish in this thing, medium to long term. I think the kind of niche that FI have, well, I mean, you can't call it a niche anymore, but like um, this is the biggest revelation in gambling, I suppose, since Betfair Exchange. But also if I look at kind of other alternative markets and the kind of flood of the democratization of kind of like people buying stocks and shares and stuff, I think there is such a massive potential here for FI to be just such a huge player in this um, betting, quasi-trading realm. Um, and I think the market there, alone in the UK, is multi-multi-billion. Um, in the world, it's 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 massive, massive. Um, in the US, where legislation is the, uh, loosening up, it's huge. I mean, this is maybe pie-in-the-sky thinking, but the long term uh in terms of what the concept currently is and how it can develop i think there is just so much to be bullish for short term i think we'll still see some pain but uh longer term i think um this product is is phenomenal in my opinion you know and this is only one man's opinion but that's kind of like how i have judged this company and its trajectory yeah absolutely and like for me personally as well there's absolutely no doubt that i wouldn't 
be continuing to create Football Index content all the time and you might be similar. Um, I wouldn't be creating all this content and committing so much time to FI if I didn't believe in its long-term prospects because I just go and, you know, get a job somewhere else. Um, right now, I'm not even like making that much money through sort of Football Index in, in any way really. Um, but I, I don't, I'm not worried about that and I'm not worried about that because I just see the bigger picture. I see like two or three years time this platform being unbelievable and having a lot more money in it than it does right now um and yeah we're going to we're going to attack new territories as well i'm really looking forward to football index eventually having like a full player database one of my biggest concerns and one of the biggest things for me personally is that i want to get back to trading football knowledge so i think if you could just have like every player on here it'd be unbelievable you know if you had like a full database like you have on FM um, and we really got back to actually just trading pure football knowledge then it would be amazing right now I don't really think the market's ready for that but once dividends increase over the next few seasons market cap rises there's more money in the platform and we have that full database then it's, it's going to be so much fun and I'm really looking forward to it to be honest these next few seasons well I think that's all we've got time for uh, mate thank you so much for joining me today where can people find out more about you yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I really do appreciate it. Uh, never would have thought I'd end up on the Fig podcast a few years ago. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's a Twitter. It's at the Index Club. We have www.footballindexclub.co.uk. Football Index Club on Facebook as well is the Facebook group. Um, and then the Football Index Club daily podcast as well. And that can be found everywhere, you know, uh, Apple and Spotify and all the other podcast uh, places too so, so yeah it's, it's just what the next club everywhere really <laughs> <laughs> awesome uh, thank you very much everyone for listening if you guys did enjoy this uh, please do leave a review on iTunes and such if you guys are commuting right now then stay safe wear masks and all that jazz if you're not commuting then uh, stay safe at home and all that crack uh, sorry if we didn't get to answer all your questions as always there's quite a few every week and I will continue to try and answer as many as possible on every podcast Thank you very much, everyone, for listening, and we'll have more FitCast for you next.